final round. Hello, 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 and welcome to this week's edition of Jack and Mel's Super Out MMA Show. I, as always, I'm Jack Arnstoof, joined by my brother Mel Brown. How you keeping, brother? Surviving the coronavirus for one more week. Yes, uh, it seems there be a lot of hysteria regarding the coronavirus, but it is much like the swine flu, the avian bird flu. SARS. SARS, yeah. MRSA, Zika virus, um... What's the other one that was last year that was, or the year Ebola? Oh, yeah, we're all supposed yeah. to have Ebola. Um, so, yeah, I'm having none of it. No. Apparently it's made its way to these shores now. Yes, we've had a we've had a one confirmed case, I believe, in Northern Ireland. That's a lot. Yeah, it's certainly enough to warrant mass hysteria, regardless. Yeah. It's a bit funny because I was talking to um, my mate, and his dad's a doctor, and he's basically said, he's like, if you would survive a flu... You're good. You're, you're good. Yeah. It's those who are old as balls or people like me that have the diabetes, the under, underlying, underlying health conditions. Health issues, yeah. We're safe. Yeah, well, you, you might be. You don't have the betas. That's but true. But you do have a bum kidney. Oh, shit. Yeah. I've just realized I'm at risk. We're next. Now I am taking it seriously. Um, yeah, apart from that, all good. Just living the dream. Have you prepped for it? Oh, getting the coronavirus? No, for like, just like my like lady Mel, she's she's dead keen to get some canned food just in case. Like to be fair, oh. her point is slightly more valid because I initially thought it was like, oh, she wants to prepare in case like nuclear winter. Yeah, I was like yeah. fucking hell. But it's literally just because in China they've closed everything. Mm. So like if you can't get to the shops, and I was like, right, okay, that makes oh, more sense than see, like my plan if that happens is just to go feral. That just like fallout, fallout style. Yeah, I'm just gonna go. Well, I'll still live in my house. But I'll have <laughs> no, to. Well, yes, obviously. I'll have to go out and forage and hunt <laughs> in the streets. So I don't know. You've got a dog, so if you're stuck, so you can always eat. You dog. can always, you can always eat, eat, eat the dog. See, so, yeah, I probably go eat someone else's dog first. Well, enough, that, I mean, that makes more sense. Yeah, there's enough dogs around by. Yes. Yeah. Bit of an overreaction, sneaking in and <laughs> eating your neighbor's dog. Well, there was a, a UFC card on the weekend, UFC Norfolk. Not going to lie to our lovely listeners, didn't stay up until 4 o'clock, 5 o'clock, 6 o'clock in the morning watching this card because most of the card was pretty cake. No, this was a catch it the morning after job. Yeah, um... Having well, having said that, there was some good fights. Um, there always is. Yeah, there's all. Oh, that's that's how they get you. That's how they get, that's you. How they get you. I should have missed this one. Mm. I mean, we are we are by no means casuals. We stay up for most cards, but there's the odd one where you're like. I would say mm. we've we've done we've missed three in the last six months. Well, since I came back from traveling. Oh, less. Yeah, I think this is the first one we've not done. It's the first one that neither of us have watched. Well, I think we've had one or two that we haven't like watched together, but I think yeah, I true. think that like this is the first one we're both like, yeah, no, I'm not, I'm not yeah. watching this one. We were working at uh, Clan Wars, Clan Wars thirty seven, the all amateur sa- event, all Saturday. Which I mean, we were there at ten, half ten, mm-hmm. not home to nine. Yeah, it's a long old day of uh, yeah, I felt wrecked on Sunday of media. Um, it's a good show though. It was a great show, and you actually said to me during it. Um, I mean, I think I've been to seven or eight Clanmore shows yeah. in and around that. I've seen one eye poke the entire time. Yeah. And it happened to be at the car just passed, and that is... Was it a pro fight as well? No, it wasn't. No, no. it wasn't, but 
it wasn't even it was barely an eye poke because yeah. like like the guy literally was like yeah I'm fine you know instantly um no no real delay in it and it's those gloves man I mean uh, there's a video on our YouTube channel um uh, yeah. Palooka Media um you can find on YouTube uh, that I did about eye pokes and I showed the gloves we wore in our fights slightly curved not as exaggerated as the like pride gloves um, they're not far away they're not quite as curved definitely not no, quite as there's curved ju- there's just more padding though yes yeah but well, uh, it was a great event um, I think they released all those fights onto YouTube I can't remember what channel well, it's going to be on MSNBC or NBC Sports in uh, certain regional areas over the next week some or point. two and but, but uh, uh, yeah, great definitely find them on YouTube. And if you do feel the urge to look them up, you should look up uh, Tag Linnean versus Dave Hill. Cool. Uh, both in their pro debut. That- no, no, that wasn't that wasn't Tag's pro debut. His pro debut was against that was uh, against um, that guy that just fought about Ivan Blanita. Oh, okay. Well, it was Dave's pro Dave's debut. Pro debut, yeah. Um, it was a fucking fight. Yeah, it was. Um, come from behind finish. Did yeah, you have Dave down. Yeah, well, I mean, well, actually, no, I, I think I had a round each going into the third. But well, Dave, Dave Hill got dropped hard in the first yeah, round and cut. Yeah, cut with an elbow in the second round. He was pretty beat up. Um, it was a phenomenal fight. It's a great fight. Yeah, congrats um, to Dave. Yeah, and so a fair play to tag. So if you feel that way inclined, try and find that. I'm sure it'll be on YouTube at some point over the next. There's m- just some few great, weeks. great guys. Like there's um, what was what was the guy's name there? The guns twenty one and oh, uh, Dara Kelly, Dara Kelly, yeah, he's what is he six or seven and oh, something like that, yeah, and just he just beat one of the best BJJ guys in Irish amateur amateur MMA, yeah, yeah. Um, he's gonna be legit, yeah. There's other guys as well like um, Tiernan Lochran who just beat um, Carl 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 McBlain who's European champion kickboxer or yeah. something along those lines. Oh yeah, there's some there's some really like he's only eighteen. High, I, high potential guys coming through at the minute. Well, um, I, I really liked what Tiernan said after the fight. He says, just like, who else at eighteen is near me?" And you kind of like I was like looking at him. I was like, "Fucking no one." That's true. No one at eighteen. No. Like he's just leagues ahead f- for that age. Yeah. Um, His brother Kalen's just gone pro last year. Yep. Fights for Pro Bellum at the moment. He's great as well. Yep. Two or three, you know. I think he's fighting next week. Yes, yeah, I believe so. Um, but yeah, no, there's loads of great fights, loads of um, high potential up and comers. Um, just get out and watch local MMA. Yeah, that's I mean, everyone should be supporting their local MMA, MMA. I know. I know if you're from America, as a lot of our listeners are, um, these names mean nothing to you. But the uh, I suppose the concept is the same. Just get your local MMA show because MMA doesn't stop with the three letters of UFC. No, true. Uh, and you don't get UFC talent without um, without reaching, uh, without, without, you know, supporting those lower lower yeah. ranks, for lack of a better word. Um, so I think we'll get into um, some of the, the bits and pieces from the UFC Norfolk card. Um, I suppose, first of all, um, we'll get into the Megan Anderson-Norma Dumont fight. Really disappointed to see on Twitter all that people could seem to talk about was Norma Demont's butt. Well, it's just standard creepy Twitter. Yeah, I mean, I get it, but it's still shit because if you searched for that fight, that's what you'll find. You know, I I obviously understand there's going to be comments about stuff like that. I get it. Like you know, yeah. you know, m- many of us are red blooded males and. 
many of the red-blooded females will say things about male fighters. It is natural. I understand it. But it's like, come on. Like, talk about them when they're not fighting like that. And, like, let's actually have a have a chat about the fights here for a second. <laughs> yeah. But um, Megan Anderson managed to get the uh, the first round KO. Um, it was a good performance. Yeah. Against Norma Dumont. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, what do you I, really I learn really from th- it? Yeah. I really don't know why the UFC is persisting with women's featherweight. It just is beyond thin. It's the worst division in the UFC. You keep... By a distance. You keep Cyborg and you just keep going. (laughs) Well, I mean, they they did that for a couple of years. No, Um, but as in, you know, now you have, you know, say, Holly Holm, Nunes... Jermaine Durand to me. Yeah, but they're all 35ers. That's the point. I know, but they're 35ers who have fought at 45. Yeah, but they're only fighting there because there's no one else. That is true. Um, Cyborg was the, about the only one out of that list who couldn't make I I really 35. like Megan Anderson, but the problem is, you know, like, if you look at Laura Dumont, let's let's bring her up. Or, sorry, Norma Dumont Viana, the immortal. If you bring up her, um, her uh, history, she beat... Two people in jungle fight. That's fair enough. Jungle fights. Yeah, that's a serviceable level. Uh, then F M M A M G. And then she sounds fought. Like, sounds like a disease. She fought in Shuto, Brazil. But that's the thing. She's, she's had like what four pro fights, and she's yeah, she's in main with, card in the UFC with essentially well, one of the contenders. One of the contenders. Do you think top that, three? featherweights in the world do you think that um had norma demont won do you think they'd have been talking about her fighting nunez or do you think it would automatically have been felicia spencer then probably automatically spencer which it's begs the question which isn't fair but no but life's not fair that's what I just, your parents used to say when you're a kid isn't yeah, it yeah but i i just don't i said to you last week fair play on the win and obviously she's just you know good beat the shit out of me and it's one of those things so I probably don't have a right to say but I just think I'm just not sold on Megan Anderson I just think she's average Um, I think that division is so thin so weak that's it there seems to be a bunch of hype because granted she's really cool tattoos give Mm -hmm. her that and she's very tall (laughs) she has cool tattoos and she's tall but that's you know she posts a bunch of pictures of her in her underwear all the time and has a bit of a creepy male following. She's obviously a very good fighter. I just like she does have a creepy following. A I lot just, of people who follow her on But it's it's the same thing, but slightly different. Well I suppose not really. It's the same reason Paige Van Sant and Rachel Ostovich have massive followings. It's not because they're the best. No, Megan Anderson has a far better record than both of both those, of those put yeah. together. But like I said, it's just hard to get invested in women's featherweight. It just I yeah. I mean, we may as well talk about it now. I mean, we put it up on Twitter. Well, before we talk about that, we'll get into we'll we'll cover the Felicia Spencer because that's so that's much the to cover. So goes well. Nothing. Mm-hmm. She she beat uh, Zara Fernandez Santos by KO ground point, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. So yeah, go go ahead. Well, we put up on Twitter that you know, essentially they were talking about one of these two fighting Amanda Nunes. It next. has to be. Yeah. Um. And. We put up a sentiment that neither of them have essentially a hope in hell. 
I give Spencer, I think, a slightly higher chance, but I would still favor Nunez. I give her even less chance. I don't. And she's t- she's tough as shit. Um, she could potentially walk through a couple of those shots. And but this this idea, and someone was arguing, not arguing, but just raising the point that Spencer's so good on the ground, she's a black belt. So's Amanda Nunez. Let's get over this idea. Yes, like, but we've seen. But people we've- are using this. The one fight with Katzengano, which she won, by the way, with ground and pound back in the day, that Nunez struggles on the ground. Doesn't happen. I think a lot of it is based off the recent Jermaine Durand and me performance where she didn't look great on the ground. But she, that doesn't she mean did. that she's, she, she controlled her for five rounds. She nearly got tapped. And that's by Jermaine mm, Durandamy, who's not great on the ground. I think she, she nearly got tapped, if I remember. It was she was stunned with an upkick. But, yes, but that's a position that, as someone who should be savvy on the ground, yeah. should know how to avoid. But also, I believe that Felicia Spencer is just different physical makeup than Durandamy and yeah. wouldn't carry that upkick threat. I, no, and I, on the feet, it's an absolute massacre. I, I agree with that. And that's why like, I'm, I'm not saying that I favour Felicia Spencer in the fight. I'm saying that I, I can make a better case for her than I can for Anderson. See, I can't. I think Anderson, with better range, has slightly better chance on the feet. But they're, both, see, get, they're both just going to get clubbed. Did you see <laughs> that um, someone said... Who was it? Was it was it Camusi? Chris Camusi came out and said he was like, uh, Megan Anderson hits like a middleweight, and I was like, yeah, okay, mm, yeah, dead on. I'm sure yeah, I'm sure I'd rather fight her than Yul Romero. Mm-hmm. She, she hits harder than Yul Romero. <laughs> yeah, I believe no. that. Okay, I don't know. I hate those comparative things. It's like yeah, it's there. There isn't a comparison. Yeah, I'm sure she hits, and it's not a chauvinistic or sexist thing. Like I'm sure she hits ridiculously hard she's a highly trained elite fighter yeah and a large woman and a large woman but she's not going to hit as hard as a 185 pound trained fighter there was a study that came male. out a while back um, bone density and muscle mass well, there's a thing i saw a while back there um and it was a study done on punching power and say they took 100 men 100 women the weakest the weakest men were still hitting harder than the strongest woman now, mm. I thought, to be honest, I thought that you take someone like Cyborg. I'm, sh- I I'm sure that I'm sure there is some crossover. You know, like oh, of course, like I'm sure Megan Anderson does hit harder than some men. I'm sure, that, just not UFC middleweights. Yeah, yeah, that yeah, that's yeah. exactly my point. Um, I think that it's it's silly to have these commercials as well, and it's like of Chris Camusi to say some, excuse me, say something like that. It's like why. It's just a bit of hype, isn't it? No, no, but is it though? Because who, A, who's going to believe that? Well, that's, I mean, it kind of is because that's, with women's MMA, a marketing tactic the UFC itself has been using for years. Ronda Rousey, I could beat Kuhn Velasquez. Chris Cyborg could knock out, you know. Yeah, they just need to do it then. X, Y, and Z. Oh, fuck no. No, I'm only joking. I know, but someone somewhere is going to do it at some point and it's going to end bad. The featherweight division is just so thin. I, I have no problem. Ironically, this is one of those rare times where I'd be happy for Nunes to just keep hold of that belt until a really viable, fresh challenger comes through. I think you just... I'm not even keep hold of it. I think you just fold that division. I think you just fold it. There's no point keeping it going. The thing is, there isn't even, like, a high-level prospect out there who were going, well, maybe them in a couple of years. Liam McCourt. Could you imagine? I know, it would be awful. 
That'd be so, so bad. But she would go, she could probably go the other way. She could probably get the 35. Probably. Yeah, probably. Well, that's what I mean. So there is no, I suppose the one would be Kayla Harrison. She's a 55er. Well, that's the thing. Maybe she could make 45. I don't know. <sighs> She's massive. But she is big. She's huge. Um, but, yeah, I mean. That's why Cyborg was so, I mean, Cyborg was obviously very, very good and, you know, fought at other weights. She made 35 a couple of times, didn't she? Yes. Um, but that's why she, she was so dominant, just because at the end of the day, there just isn't a lot of women who can carry a athletic frame at 145 pounds. Most of them just, on average, fall into the smaller divisions and that. Yeah, 100%. Um, on to the next. Uh, Eon Kudabala. Um, fuck this guy. I yeah, really so don't like fuck this Magomed guy. Fuck Magomed Ankalaev. Um what did you make? So, for those who don't know, was big getting on like Kudabal was getting on like a bit of a dick at the. He always gets on like a bit of a dick. It's like, it's ironic because he's not small in any way, but it's like he's got small man syndrome. He's like has to shout the loudest and try and look the toughest. It's like fucking chill out, dude. You're, well, he, you're fighting UFC fighters. He got in uh, Ankalaev's face, like and and Ankalaev straight for the double, double under, just shifting. He does, that, he does that every fight, but makes a big point to march right over and do the was it the throat slit? He's, like, he's a prick, and he screams in people's faces at the weigh-ins and everything. Like, so he calm down, dude. They came out and was like, just beating the shit out of each other. He had a couple of head kicks, got wobbled debatably. Then the ref stopped it, and it's been one of the most debated stoppages I've ever seen. I have zero problem with it. People are going absolutely batshit crazy about it. There's two reasons I don't have a problem with it. One, water is wet. Play with fire, get burnt. Yeah. Fuck yourself. Because he came out afterwards and was saying, oh, it was my plan to... Yeah. Fuck off. It was my plan to, to, to act well. Well, it worked so well. Oh, yeah, you're a very convincing actor. Um, and whether he was or not, I, I have the same opinion as you. If you're pretending to be hurt and the ref stops it, that's fucking your fault. A hundred percent. And also my other reason. I'm not hurt, ref. I'm not hurt. Why, why did you think that? Because you were pretending to be hurt. Yeah. And my job is to stop the fight whenever one of you gets no, hurt. It was probably, you know, it could be argued. Was it, was, it a touch early? Possibly. Probably, yeah. Um, but I don't believe that it was part of the plan. No, I think he got clipped. There's a few. I don't think it was the head kicks. There was a few hooks yep. which got through. And I think all he was doing was whether or not it was fake wobbling and then whipping a massive overhand right which missed every single time and Ankalev was sort of just picking them off um, I thought if it had gone I don't know 30 seconds longer he was getting slapped he's getting slapped which is the exact reason why ultimately I've actually uh, on Twitter which by the way if you don't follow us what the hell are you doing with your life at Super Adam MMA Show um, I tweeted a couple of people who were responding about this and you know they were outraged yeah and then i, I said people like, can, worst stoppage i've ever seen that's oh, not as bad as the dollaway yeah Herb but Dean this one. is my problem with it he's absolutely as a fandom us included crucify mazigari yamasaki herb deans of the world when it goes even slightly too far and rightfully so but you can't have it every way no and that's why i'm sure refs Rightly or wrongly, probably have it in their head. I don't want to be the next one. No, I'm not. I'm erring on the side of caution here. Well, not only that, like 
on this, this I think is the most important part of this. Any of the people that I responded to about this, and I, I asked them, I said, you know, it's fair enough, you think it's an early stoppage. Did you see Kudabala coming back and winning? And all of them, well, it was only three people that I, that I engaged them with yeah. this. All of them said no. I can, understand, I can understand that, well, you, you know, he's still fighting, so you keep going. But I just, to be that incensed, and good luck getting it overturned. Ugh, it's not happening. Because that's what he said first thing Monday morning. We're, we're filing an appeal. I, I just saw the interview uh, through a translator backstage where he was absolutely raging. I was, you know, since you're doing the rope-a-dope, you know, was pretending to be hurt. It was part of my game plan. Like, come on, man. It was, it was part of your game plan to pretend to be hurt 30 seconds into a fight? All right. I think you might need new coaches or someone who's coming up with a better game plan. Yeah, a hundred percent. And I, I'm I'm being biased here because like I said, he hasn't endeared himself to me with his actions, so maybe my view is you know, a bit skewed, but Yeah, well I and I, I don't care about seeing it run back and lots of people are like, Oh, immediate rematch. Eh. No, um I, I I lost a lot of respect for Kudabala, um and I think or Kudalaba, sorry. Um, I also think that kind of got what he deserved for this, and I, I agree that the stoppage was a hair early, but I'm not going to be outraged to it for two reasons. One, I don't think there was much of a case from making a comeback and then knocking Ankalaev out. You know, I think that the, I think the writing was on the wall, and we could see what way this fight was going. I think the referee saved him from further damage. Um, yeah, he wasn't taking like the big shots. Like the head kicks, like we're saying, but he was getting tagged, and there was a few big hooks which looked like they stiffened him up a bit. And there's a few, if you, like, I, you know, obviously the referee doesn't have this benefit at the time, but in hindsight, you can, if you go through frame by frame, there's looks he's, you know, the way he looks, the way his body language is, he doesn't, you know, it's very convincing acting. Let's say that. Correct. Um, Joseph Benavidez, uh, Joseph Benavidez, and then. Uh, Davison Figueroa was the main event. Obviously, uh, the first thing we should talk about is Figueroa missing weight. Yes, yeah, not great. So, meant even though he won, doesn't get the belt. Um, it puts the flyweight division in turmoil. Yeah, I mean, what do you do? It's, I don't know. It's I sub. I really, actually, don't know. Is this because you need to take it off, Sahudo? Is this so it is vacant. Is this flyweight thing of, you know, oh, we're going to get rid of the flyweight division. Do you believe that that was ever the plan? Or do you think that was just a way of getting people talking about the flyweight division? Because I've seen people talk about the flyweight division way more now. Because every single time there's a big flyweight fight, everyone's like, oh, the, whole, the future of the flyweight division, you know, lies in this fight. I don't know. I don't. I'm not entirely sure, and I think the placement of the title fight on this card probably says a lot about how the UFC view the flyweight division as well. Um, what do you mean? Oh, just the fact it's just like a fight night. Yeah, but it's not even like it wasn't a, in any way stacked card. It was in Norfolk, you know. It wasn't in. Don't you dare talk shit about no, Norfolk, Virginia. Shit about Norfolk, Virginia. <laughs> but you know what I mean. It wasn't in one of the major fight capitals. I just. It was a the whole card just a, maybe a bit of an afterthought. Um, yeah, I, I really don't know what to do with it. Um, 
I mean, the logic, the best thing I can think of, which I don't think will happen, is you bring Cejudo back down and you have him fight Figueredo later in the year. But yeah, I, That makes too much sense. The UFC won't do it. But not even that. I just don't think Cejudo's coming down to flyweight again anytime soon. I don't think there's big enough money fights, big enough names, and cutting that extra weight. I think he's fairly comfortable staying at 35 now. I mean, it makes sense. Um, I think that you... I don't like the idea of cutting the flyweight division. I think there's enough depth there. Like, you look at the the names in it. You know, you've Pantoja, Moreno, Askarov, Kaikara, France. You know, Alex Perez. You know, these are all great fighters. Yeah. You know, and I think the problem that you had was with the Mighty Boys having it for so long. It was almost detrimental to the flyweight division in that he was so far ahead that it meant that there was. I don't want to say there's no competition, but like but I mean, he was me, just walking through people and it made it a bit messy underneath it, you know? I think it's the way he lost. I think I, you can compare it to how Anderson Silva used to run through middleweights, but he lost decisively twice and then the, the whole division moved on. Uh, Mighty yeah. Mouse lost a debatable split decision and then never, you know... Never came back. Well, I mean, he was traded. That's um, what I mean. But, you know, they should have done a trilogy and this and the other, so... Missed I, opportunity. So, it, it's a weird one. But I just, I don't know what you do with it. I've seen talk on Twitter that they're planning on running Benavidez and Figueroa back again, which I, I don't... Me. Really, I don't really get. I mean, surely it would maybe make more sense to do Juicy A Formiga and Figueroa. Um... As in, because Formiga's the only guy to beat Figueredo, I think. Oh, I might be making that up. Well, um, um, but I mean, Matt Savage on Twitter, which is at Matt under slash Savage 83, um, asked us the question, what happens to the flyweight division? Does Dana nix it? Do they run back the Benavidez fight or does Figueredo fight somewhere else? So figured we'd, we'd, we 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 normally do our listener questions later on the show, but if they're linked in, you know, I yeah. think we should just answer them here and there. So um, Matt, thank you for the question. Please, anytime you have questions, get in touch. Um. I mean, that's kind of what we're talking about now. I don't think they're going to nix the flyweight division. That's no, number one. I don't, I don't see why they would either. No, I don't think they will. I personally think, and here's our tinfoil hat moment, I think that the, the nixing the flyweight division has almost been a hoax. Yeah. To get people to just talk about it. Yeah, well, I think if they were ever going to do it, the chance has gone. Yeah, it would have been when they talked about doing it. Well, yeah, the chance would have been if they had decided, you know what, we're not in the Mighty Mouse business anymore, which they obviously did at yeah. that point. Um, I think Suhudo beating him probably actually wrecked those plans because if he had a, if Mighty Mouse had a won that split decision, he had nothing. You know, Mighty Mouse seemed more than happy to go off to one FC. Um, so that probably would have been the only time you could have really shut it down. So. Um. The, the other part of that question, obviously, is uh, do they run back the Benavides fight, which it sounds like they're going to? Which I don't get. Because um, other than other than the weight issue, it was fairly decisive. Yep. So, I, I, well, it sounds like you're going to. Um, I'm not for or against it, because my question would be, who else do you have them fight? Formiga? Well, that's the, that's the only one I can think of, Formiga, because he beat Figueredo the last time out. But then you've got that weird... 
like triangle at the top of division again and that Benavidez beat Formiga so if Formiga yeah. was the win then it would be Benavidez again and they just start yeah. fighting amongst themselves and none of them are I suppose you can say this for flyweight as a whole just none of them are big big enough draws or names and whether we like it or not the main MMA market is North America and I mean does do you see a Formiga versus Figueredo draw at all in North America no. So onto the fight. Um, there was a headbutt in the fight, but we're going to talk about that later on during the question. So we'll avoid talking about that. And um, we had a question from at APB. I'm uh, sorry, at AP Brox about that. Um, so we will get to that later on. The fight. Um, went exactly how you predicted. I did. I wish I had to put some money on this because yeah. I called it. You did. Um, the round. <laughs> I, I don't really have much to say about it. I know that sounds ridiculous, but th- they both had their moments. And I think Figueredo um, measured him. Better. He just looked better. He looked bigger. I mean, he looked a lot bigger. Yeah, um, obviously, and that played a factor in the the weight issue. But yeah, but I he think, fights at one thirty five too. Yeah, um, but I just think he had the better of the ground game. Although, you know, Benavidez is one of, one of the best, the most heralded scramblers uh, in MMA. That's what they say, isn't it? Um, got out of that nasty armbar, reverse triangle sort of transition. Um, Benavidez, a lot of lunging. I noticed this when he was striking, really trying to, like, take his head off, leading with a head. Just, it just looked like Figueredo was measuring him. And then after a while, just uncorked that, that right straight and put him down. So my next thing I want to talk about um, is Luke Thomas. Okay. So your favorite. I lost even more respect for Luke Thomas over the weekend. There, he put a treat. I put a tweet up saying, "Oh, about you know, Joe Benavidez, one of the only good guys in MMA." Right. First of all, first of all. Step the fuck down off your soapbox. I am sick, sore, and tired of Joe Thomas with our Joe Thomas. Joe <laughs> Thomas. Joe Thomas. He crossed between. That's, that's uh, Luke Thomas and Jose Benavidez's weak head. <laughs> I agree with ninety nine percent of what you say, Luke. But the way it's, do you know what this reminds me of? It reminds me of when I was like thirteen or fourteen, and you know, you're giving your parents a bit of grief. And you're like, well, what did I even do? And they're like, it's not what you said. It's the way you said it. <laughs> and that is my problem with yeah. Luke Thomas. He uses some of the language that he uses. It's like, what, you think I'm impressed because you have a grasp of the English language? Yeah. You've got a thesaurus. Congratulations. What's another word for thesaurus? Wordy book. Wordy book. Bookie words. Bookie words. I think that uh, what he said is borderline offensive. Um, he is aware that... Um, the money he makes is solely because of the people in MMA. Yeah, and my 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 how how nice of him to dip his toe into the world of scumbags and make a living from it. Yeah, and then claim that you know there's only a handful of nice people there. So the problem with this is it's like how, how offensive it is to to so many people. For a start, MMA in my experience, and this is granted not on the same scale in terms of the professional level. But, I mean, we've been backstage at some of Europe's biggest events. And in any MMA gym I've ever been in, any fighters I've ever met, most of them... Generally lovely Really people. good people. Oh, of course, there's always... 
dickheads in every walk yeah, of life. Like journalism, for instance. <laughs> Not like most journalists aren't fucking scumbags. Yeah. But you yeah, know. they just tar everyone with the same brushes. But Joseph Benavidez, right? The guy who... Was he not in jail? What? Or was it... Or drug problems or or something? I am 99% certain... No, I'm 99% certain that, I, that one of the things with him was that he had like this rough upbringing. And, I have you know, no idea. You might want to fact check this. <laughs> I, 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 <laughs> I, I, he spent his youth uh, volunteering at an elderly charity. <laughs> I'm, no, I'm nearly sure I was watching a thing the other day and, and he was talking about it. Like, and no, I, That by no means makes him a bad person. But what it does suggest is that he was maybe around some people who weren't such good people. And MMA is perhaps one of the fucking reasons why he's not a bad person. I mean, look at Brian Ortega. He had a choice. He did have a choice. Um, I'm going to see if I can find this. I need to know if this is true. Because it 100% is because I remember, right, hold on, I, I will find you, this. Before you start throwing statements, I'm like, it's 100% true. Uh, no, no, I, I know it is because this is one of those ones. I do this all the time where you've got me down myself now. But I've never I've never heard this before. Benavidez killed 15 people. Juna B- Joseph Benavidez, Benavidez opens up with his struggles about uh, uh, drugs and alcohol prior to his transition to MMA. So, yes. That I don't know true. if that makes him a... No, it doesn't, but I think the, the thing that I saw was um, yeah, jail was a turning point for jiu-jitsu after struggles with booze and drugs. Thank fuck for that. Was he in When was this? Um, four? So every day since he was 14 or 15, I was drinking every day, doing drugs, you know, etc., etc. So I, 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 I don't have, we don't have time to go into the entire... the, the research all that right now, but he... Um, you know, he, he turned it around and he credited MMA with a lot of that. Now, the point that I'm making with that... you're taking that away. It doesn't the, matter. Once a scumbag. No, 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 no. What I'm saying is that uh, the reason why perhaps he is a good person is because of MMA. Because MMA yeah. changes you. And Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu combat sports, it changes you. And, you know, Luke Thomas has this idea that, like, what? Okay, so all those people you have on your show then... The only one of them is actually a good guy, though, Jose Benavides or Joseph Benavides, right? He's one of them, apparently. Oh, I just think it's very... Holier than that? Yeah, I find it very patronising. Like I said, it comes off very, like, how nice of him to throw that, you know, that backhanded compliment out while making a living off of these people. How, how would you feel if you're Israel Adesanya and... You've been on the Luke Thomas show, and then you see that. Well, it's probably disingenuous, and that they, they tell you all what he's. But that's my point. Nice but he's telling everybody that no, oh, but yeah, I mean, I've spoken to everyone in the industry, but Joseph Benavidez, one of the only good ones. I oh, don't know. It's just a. And what the fuck is he basing it on? Define good. Define good guy in MMA. Gets on well with Luke Thomas. Is is that literally <laughs> yeah. it? Do you know? Is that literally yeah. it? Like I'm, I'm really, really frustrated because I really like Luke Thomas's takes on things. Ninety nine percent of the time. Why don't you marry them then? I find them infuriating because he is one of the most patronizing, smug, arrogant journalists I've ever seen. And yet, most of the ones who are like that are the ones who are completely wrong. Mm. He is losing fans left, right, and center every day. Because is he though? Yes and no. In that, like, I like think I'm sure that he's got like a, a diehard he does, he core does. of fans. 
but they're the ones who are like, you tell it, Luke Thomas. It's as where I'm more like, you tell it, Luke Thomas. What's your reason for you being the guy to tell it? Do you know what? Where? What? You know when we when we took our fights. Part of the reason why we did it because we were like we are not going to be those guys that sit and say anything about this sport. Well, firstly, we're not journalists. No, no, but we also didn't want to be people that had zero the comprehension stuff, the of stuff. It. Which I think gets people riled up with Luke isn't journalistic. It's just takes. He just spews on the Twitter, like said Joseph Benavides quote. That's not journalism. That's very much his own opinion of that. You know. He's not reporting facts. Um, but what 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 makes him think that his take on that is... Well, I don't know. I, I, I don't question that that's genuinely his opinion of people in, in MMA. My thing is, that's fine if you believe that. It's just a bit... I don't know. A bit scummy yourself that you're willing to, to make a living off these people who you so... Yes, to think they're bad people. Yeah. But like, what? What have? What is? It, what does he know that we don't? That like all of these MMA fighters are doing. Oh, but this is what I'm saying. It's it's purely based off, obviously, his own personal bias. Views. And well, everyone's got a bias of of some sort. You're kind of not supposed to in his position, though. But that's what I'm saying. This isn't a journalistic take. Um, this is just essentially his own. His own views of this now. Whether someone in his position as an MMA journalist should be putting things like this out there is debatable. I, I one of the more frustrating things for me about his his Twitter. Well, it's not more frustrating than that. Is how often he posts shit that isn't anything to do with MMA. It's oh, like it's his personal Twitter. I don't, it don't bother me. Is it though? Yeah, I think he can post whatever he wants. I don't think at Luke Thomas News is a personal. Twitter handle. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like I, I don't broad I mean I follow I follow him because I I respect where he is in the industry. I respect his work ethic. I respect his his ability to forge a successful career out of it. And I respect a lot of his opinions. I just hate the way he goes about it. It 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 really frustrates me because you know, we, we do this all the time on Twitter when we're interacting with people if we disagree. Well, you know what, we'll, we'll debate it. But we're never going to be like, you know, well, you're wrong because, you know, the, you know, everybody knows, insert this big word that, you know, it's the juxtaposition of the abnormality of the blah, 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 blah. And it's just like, go fuck yourself. Like, I'm going to start. Yeah. I'm, straight after this, I am going down to the bookie store and buying a book of words. A big old page. Big old thesaurus. And I'm getting on Twitter and just unleashing it. I mean... It's he's not he's not the mightiest I can understand how he is to some people's but he certainly riles you up um, yeah I mean like another tweet he made yesterday these two maniacs have in block capitals to fight each other again about the Ankalev and the Young Kudabala match and it's like why? because you say so <laughs> I know that's just an opinion I know but all of his opinions are stated like they're the only possible one that could be correct yeah, you know? I'm okay with that one. Like, I, I, we, I guess we, we I know, I know that's being, time, I know, I, I know that's, I know it's semantics. But you know, my point is that like, 
it's a really it's that it's like you know there aren't many mm good guys in mma joseph benefit benavides is one of them it's the way <laughs> benavides, benavides keep saying it the way that everything is is stated as if it's fact not opinion um that that i find frustrating you know it's well he is speaking his facts speaking his truth you speak your truth look well, I mean, to be fair, like, you know, the guy, he does know his stuff, and I respect him as a, as a person. I just don't don't like the way that he goes about his business. Um, Kick it, his ass. I, w- I, w- I would challenge him happily to a... Uh, Ten-pin bowling uh, game. Yeah, a game of ten-pin bowling. No, I would challenge him to a grappling match or a bowling. boxing match. Or, I know, what's your thing with bowling like? Bowling is the original sport of kings. <laughs> It's bowling is <laughs> oh my it's not a sport. It, it, um, it's a pastime. Oh, how dare you, sir? You don't you, to be to be. Have you seen elite bowlers? Physical perfection. Yeah, that's correct. Um, they only don't fight MMA because it's probably not safe for one their my, opponents. One of my favorite quote unquote sports is snooker, but it's not sport. It's pastime. Do you know why athletes play sports? Athletes play snooker. Incorrect. Well, having said that more so now than years ago and that a lot of them now because of the like if you're playing for eight hours you know which is not uncommon yeah. like they say that you know you have got to be mentally fit like a lot of them are into like long distance running and things like that but like they're not athletes bowlers are f1 drivers weirdly are athletes which shocked me to find out i classify motorsports as a whole separate thing i get that but the if you need a machine to do i get that but the thing is the like, movement for you I they get the burn d- like seven, I think it's five to seven calories, or not calories, uh, kilograms in a uh, in a race, and they have to uh, like they're against tremendous G uh, G forces. Like I'm not that in F one, but it just shocked me because I didn't realize the the fitness training that the high level guys go through is is massive, you know. But you're seeing it even in golf and stuff now. I'm telling you, ten pin bowler beats the fuck. <laughs> Out of an F one driver, <laughs> with the, with the bowling ball, no, without it, just that grip, that forearm strength. So um, best grapplers on earth. On to some bits of news. Um, well, just one last piece of Norfolk, which is Lewis Pena embraced his biological brother after UFC Norfolk win. <laughs> oh, come on, man, gotta have a bit of a heart. He's adopted and I think just met hearts his father the, recently. Hearts are for the week. That's cool. I just that's cool. That's cool. I just don't care. Why? I don't care. <laughs> Why? He's not a person I knew. Good for him. That's well, nice. We don't know any of these people. I know. But I have an opinion on their athletic performance. But that's I, it. No, but I mean, like, if they do something outrageously out of the normal, like John Jones running people over or something, which affects that, that's fine. But, like... Well, this is kind of the opposite of that. It's nice. This is Lewis Pena giving love. <laughs> giving and love. you're shitting on them. I'm not shitting on them. I know. It's, I know, it's I know. nice. It's a nice story. It's a lovely story. But, How do you know, feel about it? It's a nice story. It's just, it's, it is lovely and it's nice to hear and I wish him all the best, but that's... <laughs> do you know what this sounds like? This is like... <laughs> uh, where my interest ends. But yeah, this is like when you meet someone at a bar who's telling you something and you're like, I like it. I, 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 I don't give a fuck. I am feeling on this. Be nice. That's, that's a great story. That's, that's, yeah. that's awesome. And I wish you all the best, mate. Yeah, oh, yeah. Good luck. Good luck. How's that going? Then after you turn around, you're like, fucking that guy. Fuck me. Life story. Jesus. Yeah, a bit of that. <laughs> so uh, Alexander Hernandez is fighting Islam Makachev apparently uh, UFC 249 in Brooklyn uh, rest in peace Hernandez would yeah. be my early call for that yeah that's a bad one that's a bad one for anybody Lee Makachev still a fight you should have made sorry I'm drinking a 
this week it's an Emerge sugar-free energy drink. It doesn't. I don't know why I'm judging the taste off the look of the can. Do you want to try a bit? Yeah, I do. It's standard. It's actually fine. It's like standard shit Red Bull. Yeah. It's, yeah, like, it's normal. Yeah, it's it's normal. It's like that there. Not the similar to the one we drink from Lidl. What's it called? Kong. Kong. I like Kong. King Kong. I like Kong. Need to get off the energy drinks, though. I to be I honest, can't, I my only rationale I have is one, I drink sugar-free ones, and two, I don't drink same. I don't drink coffee or tea at all. I'm just not a hot drink guy. Yeah. So if I'm staying up late or oh yeah, but like I mean, this need, is need three o'clock on a Monday. Oh yeah, but I mean, or if I need a wee boost for doing some editing or something, I'll, I'll have a tin. They of have their time and their place, one hundred percent. Rather than sit with a big big old mug of coffee. Yeah, I do love a big old mug of coffee. I want to try this mud water. You heard about this? No. So Sounds delightful. I hadn't heard about it, and then it was on, I think it was the Michael Bisping podcast sponsored by it, and it's like a coffee alternative, but it's all like... Muddy? Well, they call it mud water, because obviously it's yeah. kind of what coffee looks like, but it's got all like, you know, natural caffeine and grana and all these other bits and pieces, but it sounds quite quite good um but i just i don't know why i would just have a coffee oh i don't like the taste of coffee so it might be a taste thing i'm not sure you'd enjoy mud water i do enjoy some mud and i like water so true that so hernandez probably gonna get mauled um but it's the right fight yeah i don't know i think like i said probably could have got a Someone a bit higher up, but probably. But I mean, you know, it's cowboy, fourteen and fifteen. You should have done Makachev cowboy. Yeah, that's what you should have done. Fuck me! Like you can't be that cruel, the cowboy. Cowboy needs a break. Well, he's the one he was making posts about. He wants to fight in April. Oh no, I'm not saying so that he if, shouldn't have a if fight. He, if but he I'm wants, saying... to, if he wants to fight rankings wise, that makes more sense to me. Cerrone, give me Cerrone and Felder. Well, they're boys. They're never gonna fight. Oh yeah, that's right. Apparently, yeah, because uh, he was at his camp, wasn't he? Yeah, apparently it's uh, they're pushing Felder's camp are pushing for a hooker rematch in Dublin. I like it. I like it. Yeah, I don't think it'll happen. I don't think you can't run back every close decision. No, you can run back a robbery, but you can't run back every close decision. I'm not against them running that back purely because of the ranking thing. Yeah, like the ones above them are all sort of tied up. With, yeah, with and stuff. you know, I think hooker but the the. The one there who isn't is Dustin Poirier. So you could feasibly argue... No, I've made the case... But who deserves the number two off the back of a fight that was... But not even that. That's Like I've said to you before, or the last couple of weeks, I don't think Poirier, he's another one because he's fought Connors and the Habibs. He's got more name recognition. He's not... He's more exempt, essentially, from, you know, like traditional rankings. He's nearly like... Once you reach that level, you've kind of served your time. Yeah, you kind of get the say. It's like... You get a say. It's like the purple belts not having to do their warm-ups <laughs> in BJJ. Yeah, but you get more of a say in who you're fighting. And, you know, like, oh, you want to fight Dan Hooker? Mm, that's a lot of risk for... Not no, a lot of reward. Yeah. No thanks. Um, yeah. MMA so fighter Jorge Masvidal launches Ricardo Mezcal in the United States, which I believe is tequila. He apparently jumped on board after a tour of their factory and they have some sort of thing where they give money back to the 
child farmers that they use or whatever it is, you know, like um so they they felt they were a good uh firm Marley. By the way This is a very strong endorsement of child farming. I know, right. It's obviously not child farmers joking, but uh I was talking to the missus a while back about Starbucks and she was like, Oh no, but they're fair trade and I was like, Do you really fucking believe that? Load no. of shit. Don't believe it at all. And I don't like giving Starbucks my money. Um well, partly because they, they fucking dodge tax. Yeah, I dodge tax too. You might not want to admit that on a yeah. public... Huh. I mean, I, mean I pay all the tax I, I can ever me, pay. I have paid all my bloody tax. Yeah, um, no, well, your wife's an accountant, so at least you can be sure of that. Jeez. Oh, um, yeah, fuck Starbucks. Well, it came out... Basic. There was an article came out there and it was saying that they've had children as young as eight farming for them and I showed it to my missus and I was like, yep, there you go. Well, you know what? Some kids at eight just have a passion for farming. Who are you to deny them? I think I said this to you Plus before. Plus they got those good little nimble fingers well, for picking coffee beans. I think I said this to you before. A mate of mine once, we were talking about like uh, sweat, sweat factories and he was like... Mm-hmm. He's like, that's where you want your clothes from, and I was like, Are, I was like, wait, what? And he was like, think about it. He was like, no one can do a what do you want? Quite like that. So yeah, some well-paid person that's just like, I don't give a fuck about my jokes. I get paid really well to do this. He's like, or some kid who's gonna get whipped if they fuck <laughs> a stitch up. And I was yeah, like, whose literal that hands? That is so dark. Whose literal hands depend. On yeah, and he's like, he's like, I want their bloody nubbed fingers, you know, threading my jeans. And like, you he want, was he was joking, but it was, was like, yes and no. But he his wants joke some, had a point. He wants some eleven year old who's been working there since we're five, like a proper veteran. But that, yeah, but that's the thing that upset me about it, like the most, was because it was like. There's a horrid form of logic that actually makes sense there. I mean, obviously, you don't want ch- in a world where children are the ones doing it. But Maybe certain jobs, like <laughs> chimney sweeps and the likes, yeah, yeah. ones yeah. that are disposable. Anything, anything the chimneys. To, yeah, any tight space you have to force them into. <laughs> Speaking of which, I saw a video on it, like nearly made me barf. By the way, we're obviously joking. Oh yeah, of course, <laughs> yeah. of course. Yeah, some people do take this literal sometimes. I know, like I don't know how people could. I know, do. like we're actually just sitting here. Yeah, child labor is child labor makes total total sense, sense yeah. Um, Fucking idiot. Well, I mean, it does, you know, <laughs> <laughs> which it hundred percent does. Do you know what? Like, I when I was eleven, I had my first job. Uh, and I got up at uh, 6 o'clock in the morning. Stitching Nike trainers. <laughs> no, I got up at 6 o'clock in the morning. We had a little newsagents or like convenience store and you used for the to American go listeners. Pick the coffee beans for it. That's it. Um, <laughs> I used to go out. It was actually pretty fucking horrible graft. I had to go out and there was a whole section out the front. I had to take the awning out and I had to pull all the fruit and veg. Like, you know, the big massive metal cages you yeah. see them wheel about? Like, I was 11. Yeah. lugging those about putting all the bananas out bending all the off fruit uh, they would take me about an hour and a half right and then I'd go home get changed go to school because this was before you got BO obviously and have to worry about fine, that yeah. so you're sweet working man and then I'd go back after school do a paper round and then at 8 o'clock at night I'd go and take everything down I did that 6 days a week when I was 11 years old what was your pay? Um, horrid I remember my first paycheck being like... A thruppence? No, it was like £25. Pounds. <laughs> £25. Pounds and, I mean, your back's still suffering from whole that's and actually, vegetables. See, around. when I think about it, yeah, that's, that's like a, £4 a day. Yeah. And no joke, are you a bad back? It's probably from lugging probably. bags of potatoes when you're, you're developing. Years. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it, it probably could be. Probably but looked at him. Oh, look at that big beefy child. Huh? I did that for quite a while. I did that for about six months. I, re- I really, really enjoyed it. And I think it was like, I was that 11-year-old that was bawling. <laughs> like you know all my mates were like I really want this game but mum won't buy it for me and I'd be like I've got six I've copies got it. I've got it um, but yeah like I think that 
She'd open a corner shop. Well, it's, it was completely illegal then. I mean, this was only... Yeah, in, how'd they get around that? This wasn't... I just think that... Well, that shop that I'm talking about, you know it. The one that... You know the wee one at the end of where I used to live? Up by the chapel? Oh, yeah. Yeah, there. Was it run by the chapel? No. <laughs> but it was run by people that went to the chapel. Ah. Um, but the, it always hired, like, most of the, most of, like, the counter staff, like, 14, 15-year-old girls. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm blokes too, but like it was mainly women. But to get you a wee, like felt mustache to stick on in the morning, just in case. Like, I remember child labour officials came around. I remember like legitimately being able to go down there, and because 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 the street we were on, I remember being able to go down there at like eight and nine and going, "Can I get twenty Mayfair for my mum?" <laughs> and they were like, "Yeah, yeah, no problem," because they knew they weren't for me, because you were in there every day. You were sparking one up before you even got out of the door. Well, when we were younger, smoking, you could be 16. I thought you still can be 16. No, 18. You have to be 18 to smoke. Oh, you have to be 18 to buy? No, you have to be 18 to smoke. How, buy and smoke. How do well, they enforce well, that? Well, well, you might enforce alcohol. you got to have ID. Yeah, well, that's just to buy. Oh, I mean, I don't think they're going around arresting 12-year-olds for smoking, but well, like... Well, yeah, but I, what I'm saying is that it used to be when we were kids, you could buy and smoke at 16, and it's 18 now. Mm, okay. The laws are an ass. It's yeah. the same as you can I mean, have sex in this country when you're 16. You can't vote. But you can't watch porn until you're 18, so you can have sex. Just don't look down. <laughs> yeah, just close your eyes. Just pretend it's not happening. Mm. Yeah, it's... The weird world we live in in Northern Ireland. It's like a weird little bubble. But there's lots of weird... Like, well, I suppose the drinking age in America is, what, 21? But you can vote at Certain 18. Certain states are 18. Ah, oh, you can go to war and fucking learn how to kill people and get killed, but you can't yeah. have a drink of alcohol. <laughs> you dirty heathen. And then there's other states you can't drink at all. Keep them dry. Well, you can drink, but you can't buy the alcohol in that state. So you got to make your own? Well, I think it's much like... Get on a hooch. It's what we have here when you cross the border. It used to be all petrol stations. that red diesel. Um, it was actually green diesel now in South. Um... But uh, in America, I think they have those where, like, in the States, like, in, like, whatever states are dry, like, right over the border. Yeah. It's just, like, rows and rows of... The liquor store. That's it. Anyway, we have digressed, as we often do. So, uh, Anderson Silva's son... Oh, no, hold on. Just to go back to that, yeah. Masvidal, good good for him. Uh, <laughs> launching a bit... Well, not launching. Uh, working with, with a business that could potentially give him something outside of MMA when his, when his career ultimately comes to an end. Good for him. Good for him. So Anderson Silva's son captured two kickboxing belts uh, with TKO win. Not much to comment on other than awesome. Good for him. Yeah. And apparently no plans to go into MMA. Yeah. Pussy. <laughs> <laughs> I oh, suppose how could you know, if your dad, your dad is Anderson, Anderson Silva? Because someone would literally want to stove your head in. Because like, who who's my opponent? It's Anderson Silva's kid. It's John Weidman. Chris Weidman's son. Yeah. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> But yeah, like you'd have a target on your back. A hundred percent, you would. And like, chances are, you're not going to be Anderson Silva too. No, no, um, this, no, no, you're definitely not. Uh, Thomas Gifford, uh, who, if the name doesn't ring a bell, is the one who probably received one of the worst beatdowns I've seen in recent years in the UFC. Who was it? Was he fought? Mike Davis? Was it? That's no, ringing a bell. Mike Davis and Thomas Jeez, Gifford, yes, that I think, was and he. Bad battered him. Uh, Gifford had had a couple of pro boxing fights. Too tough for his own good in that fight. And then he got I remember us talking about it in the podcast because he got cut after yeah. it and we were like, oh, oh that's guy. like terrible. Yeah. Well he fought in like a, a nobody show. 
Yeah, and some guys got twelve and twelve sparked. or something. No, he's twelve and eleven and one. So he's no, actually. No, that was a. I watched it. Uh, they got the tail of the tape fucked up. He's the guy who's fighting is like a thirty fight pro. Oh right, okay. Yeah. Well, he got sparked. Yeah, like thirty seconds. It That's a guy bad. who needs. I was about to say take a year off, take five years off. Actually, <laughs> you know what? Just. Maybe stop. He's apparently going to take six months out. And this is the problem, is where do you... I mean... He's had a lot of MMA fights as well. He has. It's not good. Unfortunately, it's a tale as old as time in combat sports. He's had a shot. He's never getting back to the UFC or a big league. He's going to maybe make a living (coughs) on those regional shows as the ex-UFC fighter... Who people want to batter because of that. Yeah. Um, I mean, he he's um, not old either. No, he's not. And unfortunately, he's 27. But his problem is that he had two fights in the UFC, Roosevelt Roberts and Mike Davis, and um, was beating them both. Um, yeah, and Roberts beat him convincingly as yeah, well. Yeah, but the Davis... Was it was, it the, was no. it the Roberts one that was super... No, it was the the, the, the last no, one. No, you're right, because he got stopped in the third in the, the Mike Davis fight, so it was that. But his problem is that he probably shouldn't have even been in the UFC in the first place. Having said that, looking back on his record, he had a loss to Anthony Rocco Martin yeah. at Three River Throwdown in 2013. It's a long time ago now. Yeah, I mean, he's been fighting, like Thomas Gifford has been fighting since 2011 as a professional. 2010 as an amateur and he fought Jesus. He one, fought Jesus? Two, no, hold on. One, two, three, four, five. My goodness. He fought 11 times in a year. Hold on. Wait. No. He, thought he fought 14 times in a year and a month. <laughs> That's over once a month. So I'm now starting to wonder. Maybe that's not the best thing to do. Yeah, maybe maybe that's part of the problem here. Um, but joking aside, horrendous. To I'm say, sure. I'm sure he's a very wealthy man for it. Lol. Yeah. Yeah. It, I think the sarcasm there might have been hard to pick up in tone alone. Um, oh, I do it all with the eyes. Yeah. Yeah. Which <laughs> unfortunately people can't see. Um, yeah, that's a that's a tough one because you don't you don't want to tell anyone to retire, but especially when they're 27. But Maybe definition of too much, too young. Oh, yeah. Well, if he started in, what, 2010, he was, what, 18? Yeah. Jeez. Yeah, just chill out for a bit, pal. But at this point, with, I don't know how many fights he's had, 20-odd fights, maybe... 17 wins, 9 losses, 26. Yeah, 26 Too little, too late, maybe. I don't know. Could be. Some time off. Nice to say he made it to the FC, though. Maybe not in that regard. No. So Johnny Walker finished his camp at TriStar Gym. Um, that fight is on next week's card. So not this Saturday, but next against he's Nikita Krylov. Yeah, he's in the Brazil card, isn't he? He's moved around gyms a lot in a you know, but in a like not like a big gym dirty, hopping. Just literally pitcher. like I'm gonna go and do a month here. I'm gonna go do a month there. Do a month here. And then he settled in TriStar Gym. Has I like he that. settled there, or is it? I just believe so. Um, at the, what I'm saying though is that he settled there for his camp. Whether or not he'll mm. do his next camp there or not, I don't know. But he was in SPG in Dublin and he was trained all over the place. But, uh, you know, I like this move for Walker. Mm, yeah. It'd be really interesting to see if they've 
done what they did with Kevin Lee. I don't know. I don't know if that guy can be tamed. Uh, um, Do you think if you tame him, you lose? Well, that's what I was thinking. Like, if you take that away and make him, you know, a more conventional fighter, do you lose what makes him Johnny Walker? You could do, because part of his game, obviously, is just being batshit mental. So he was named after the whiskey. Yes. I'm going to say yes. I love, like, Brazilian dudes with Johnny Walker. John Lineker. Interesting to see how he looks. I do favour him against Krylov, but there's not anything to base that off other than just my gut. I think he knocks. I think he knocks out Krylov. He could do. Needs a a bounce back after that. Oh, the Anderson one. Hundred percent. Um. So Nunes looking at UFC two fifty f- uh, for featherweight uh, defense. We've sort of already covered that, but it's nice to sort of have a date in mind. Uh, Kobe Covington challenges fifty cent to a fight. Uh. Why? Because he's Kobe. <laughs> So, well, there has to be some reason. It seems like a very odd... Well, do your own damn research. <laughs> do your own damn research. Don't have my laptop um, or a wood. There was a reason for it. Um, I will look it up again now. I did Did you see this. the video? No, it looks like it's several years old of Colby absolutely manhandling Masvidal in the gym. Oh, yeah, yeah. Brutal. Granted, like I said, looks like it's several years old, but even still... Is that high-level wrestling? Yeah. The wrestling. Because um, that's what Kamara is going to do to him. Yeah, I mean, the difference was that was just pure grappling. Um, obviously, when you throw strikes in, there's oh, yeah. uh, there's a difference. But yes, I mean, it, it's quite likely that that's, that's what's going to happen. Um, so he said, uh, he responded to Rosie O'Donnell. He said, what the fuck has Rosie O'Donnell ever done? She's losing. Rosie O'Donnell's she's losing, Yeah, she's losing 10 8 rounds to obesity. She's losing, <laughs> losing, <laughs> 10, eight, losing 10 8 rounds to Donald Trump on fucking Twitter. Who is she to talk about? Is like? Rosie O'Donnell beefing with Donald Trump? Well, in fairness, most. Everyone is. Most American. Said, Stop asking me questions. I don't have the answers to. I'm not going to talk to you anymore. I'm not going to talk to you. I'll just sit here in silence. I'm um, is she to, uh, or who the fuck is she to talk about Colby Chaos Covington? She's never fucking thought. She hasn't done shit. Uh, the only thing she's fighting for is all the women who are leaving her because they're trying to come to me and they're sweating me on Instagram. So fuck Rosie O'Donnell, the fat pig. Um, <laughs> I think it sounds like the fight to make is Rosie O'Donnell and Colby Covington. Yeah. Um, I love, like, I can't wait till you enlighten me in a second as to how, how 50 Cent is involved with a feud with Rosie O'Donnell. I don't think 50 Cent is. Um, so, Colby Covington put 50 Cent on blast. Um, where is it? I'm just trying to find the one, the quote for 50 Cent here. I want to fight 50 Cent next. I think we should do Celebrity Char- Char- uh, Charity Boxing Match. I'll put up one million of my dollars. Of my dollars. One million of my dollars. And it's going to go straight to the troops. He's a broke-ass bitch, so he probably can't have a million dollars, but he can go as one of his fucking sponsors to put it up, uh, and we can do this. I want to have one hand time behind my back. I'll let him pick which hand, left or right, whichever you want, 50. Be a fucking man. You want to talk shit about me on Instagram, and you want to talk shit out there. What did you ever beat 50 Cent besides your defenseless spices in Hollywood? (laughs) (laughs) So I think it was because... So 50's um, obviously made a 
comment on something. Yeah, he made a comment. I think to do with his comments on the Rosie O'Donnell thing, and um, <laughs> yeah, because he called he called Kobe a racist. Mm. So, jumping to Rosie O'Donnell's defense, I'm presumably just calling him racist because he's a fucking Trump supporter. But who the fuck knows? It's weird as Northern Irish people because we're like, how the fuck that happened? Like, you're just watching <laughs> Donald fucking Trump. We're like, oh, yeah, The Apprentice, dude. It's like yeah. he's running the fucking country now. Yeah. My friend's American and said he doesn't know anyone who voted for Trump. Well, they all did. No, no, I know. Yeah. But, like, it's just, it's a bit like the DUP here. I think, I think there's a bit of, like, well, somebody did. Yeah, but they're not but saying. I'm, I ain't going to say shit. <laughs> Well, I do also understand that when your choices were as miserable as theirs were, it was a pick-your-poison affair. Yeah, it's like, do you want to eat a plate of shit hot or cold? That's a good question. Cold. Yeah. At least, you know, it's not, like, completely fresh. But not even that, like, heated... Is that worse? Heated up shit. You'd get the smell coming off it as well. But you might might turn into, like, a soup and you just get it done, though. Oh, chugging melted shit. Oh, thanks. Right, anyway. MMA star Kat Zingano poses topless in Brave Snap after having breast implants removed. So, so brave. What, sorry? So brave. So brave. Um, <laughs> I'm just in a pissy mood today. <laughs> yeah, this, this, it was... Uh, I don't want to say surprising to read because I don't think it was a surprise that she did a boob job, but... Um, yeah, she had some sort of, like, issue with her breast implants. It's apparently common, it's like some you know, silicone thing. Um, mm. Sad. Good for her for being... Sad. No, but like as in, sad to see anyone have to go through... Getting their boobies off. Well, yeah, right. essentially, you know. Uh, a needless surgery, if you will. Um, mm. Good for her for You could being, argue that it was needless the first time. 100% you could, yeah. Um, but, it, you know, it's a... I don't want to say taboo subject, but, you know... Good for her for being open about it and maybe removing some of the stigma for other people who... I wonder, and I'll never know. Is it to do with fighting? Yeah, just how it would feel getting hit on a breast implant. Nothing. You must... Like, something in... Like, there's something there. Like, it'd be weird getting It'd be more like grappling, I think. Someone smushing your fake boobies and yeah. side control. I'm sure it doesn't feel good. I mean, it doesn't feel good with non-fake boobies being smushed in side control. Let alone when you have two big, like, silicone sacks, like, pressing into your rib cage. Yeah, that's amazing. It's a good question. You could ask Ioana, Paige, Misha Tate. <laughs> what is there, apparently there's, like, a thing with MMA fighters. that. Once they get to a certain level of success, they're like, you know what I'm going to do after MMA? I'm just going to still need to be famous. Still need them fans. What does it do for the weight cut? Yeah, I always wondered that. I have no idea how heavy a breast implant is. Mm. I suppose they vary. We can have a look. What is a, be- what is a breast implant? I'm going to guess... Are we going per titty or collective? Right, so... Plan and a half. I'm going to guess pound and a half. The average 300cc implant weighs 0.69 pounds, mm, and both right. of them is 1.38. But... So it's close. Another pound but, and a half. Ish. Um, a C-cup breast implant, whatever that means, I don't know if that is, it gives you a C-cup extra 
or if you're going from an Fuck A that. to give a C them, or whatever. Them, give them D's. So that's a thousand cc's of saline, and it will weigh two point two pounds. So that's that's, a, like, that's quite a lot for us, you know. When, when you're when weight cutting, yeah, when your yeah. weight cut is factored in. But you know, even the small ones there, one point three eight, like that's a pound and a half essentially. Yeah. Um, maybe. Well, it's funny. Joanna struggled to make weight more recently. It'd be interesting to see how she makes weight. This if, week, if she makes weight, but we'll get onto that shortly. So yeah, bad best wishes to Katzengano. Um, hopefully. Anyone else in that situation has, has had some sort of positive impact from that. Um, and yes, good for her. So Taiti Avasa moved to AKA. A dig. Yes, he needs something. something. That's about all I have to say on that. I'd still, I don't have much hope. I think you'd beat him up. I do not think I'd beat him up. <laughs> I like think I, you'd beat him up. I think you'd put me in a coma. I was joking. Forever. You give me high hopes there for a second. I believe you could, down the line, if you trained all day, every day. All day, every day. Almost 10 years younger. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, Will Flurry. I was speaking, no, just oh. before we move on, I just, I hate the shoe thing. And I saw Megan Anderson doing the shoe thing as well. Loads of fighters have been doing it. It's just the it's Australian gross. ones. It's it's stinking. It's, it's pure like, stinking. But like, it's, and only, I like, are you a moron to be entertained by that? <laughs> Who drank a beer out of a shoe? Ha ha ha. Yeah, I mean, I get... So I don't... I didn't hate it initially. I mean, I was like, oh, gross. But it was kind of funny. I just don't get I it. Like, a thing. Where, where the fuck did that come from? Did you literally not have, like... Do you have nothing else to drink? Nothing. Out? A mug, a cup, a, the beer can itself. I think it's one of those, like, look how manly things yeah, are. Yeah, it's it? like, hollow oh, this. I'm, I'm so mental. So, Will Flurry has said he wouldn't mind fighting Fabian Edwards um, in Bellator middleweight division. Fight makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I think I favor I favor Edwards. It's hard to say. Flurry hasn't fought. Not that Fabian's fought at any great level. He's but he's better level better. than Flurry. Yeah, so I don't know. It's hard to say. But plus, I think that Edwards is Fabian's, or uh, Edwards is. Flurry's kryptonite guy that can strike that I think you'd struggle to bully. Well, vice versa. Flurry, <laughs> big, big middleweight, can, you know, is it like a grinding style and doesn't get tired. Mm, get, true. Through, get through that striking range. Is Edwards anything special off his back? Or against the, if you could up kick him like or against Neto. the cage. yeah, that's bad. That's so, an interesting fight. Uh, I think it's it's time for us to get on to listener questions. It's listener questions. Yay! So the first question comes from William Strain uh, on Instagram. Uh, I will just see if I can find his Instagram tag here. Um, he asked, and I, I assume this question was directed for you, Mel, um, because I can't fight myself. Um, he asked the question, would you rather fight 100 jack-sized ducks or 100 duck-sized jacks? Mm. Oh, definitely 100 duck-sized jacks. See, I, I thought that that was a sort of fairly... 
obvious one. Obvious answer. Like a hundred, what are you, six, seven? Yep. Yeah, a hundred six foot seven ducks. Yeah, that's, that's pretty, like, a, me a, fighting du- them? a duck You're can be aggressive. An army? Like, that's going to take, that could take over this country. A duck can be aggressive. Whereas a hundred jack-sized ducks, it'd be, I mean, that could be a cute wee soul at that height, but you could just stamp them all. Yeah, fucking right. Like, literally, toe punt. Get a lawnmower. Just zzz. Strimmer. So it's uh, William underslash strain underslash photography. Um, we work with him at almost every clan wars. Good dude. Um, so yeah, it's an interesting question, but it's one that I think has a fairly obvious answer. Yeah, a hundred six foot seven ducks is is a problem for any, for most major nations. I on think Earth. ten is a problem. For in fact, I think more than one is. A, in fact, one, one might be a problem. A six foot seven duck. That's like Jurassic Park shit. That's a big duck. Yeah. But the thing is, like, how do they attack? They just bite. You know the way, like, when ducks spaz out and they bum rush you with the, the wings imagine, going everything? Imagine that was six foot seven. If they're completely scaled up as well, yeah. like, they'd be heavy. Yeah, with giant beak and his big beady eyes. <laughs> it's, it would, like, the Jurassic Park, you know, where the T-Rex looks in the window with a big eye. You'd open yeah. these curtains. It's <laughs> like funny how, how, how quickly that they would go from cute to horrifying. I'm trying to think of, like, the cutoff point of the size of a duck. Is it, like, a mallard? They were going to yeah. go with a mallard, standard, yeah, standard British duck. Standard British duck. Yeah, the mallard. Yeah, I mean, like, no, uh, no, no, that's like a swan. Like, yeah, he's but just no, no, no. His hand no, but I'm saying anything over that, it starts becoming a problem. You don't want a mallard this size. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want the mallard any size. I don't want the mallard at all. You know what I'm saying you could, I could handle a mallard. Well, this people size. can't see this size. He's holding it up at like table height. Yeah. Like, so, that's like a goose, though. Yeah, I don't want to be dealing with anything bigger than a goose. Plus, dealing with a flock? Oh, dude. I ducks, actually, ducks are, are beefier than geese. This reminds me of something that happened to me. I don't even know if I've told you a story, but I was playing tennis once. This was the time I saw I'm convinced a goose committing suicide. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I swear on my life, this is true. So uh, I was playing tennis. And and it was down where they had like a you know tennis courts down World yeah, Park. Yeah. So it was like a park near us and uh it had like the big fence around it and I was playing and there was a swarm of geese like flying into the park and one of them badly misjudged going over that fence and I like I just I remember just backhanding a shot and just hearing this Caw! just like, <laughs> like massive explosion like, of feathers. feathers and this thing hit the ground. You know when you hear like that doesn't sound like suicide. That sounds like he just nah, man. It was so bad that he missed it so bad. Like, <laughs> he chose. He chose. It's like fuck it and going yeah. out. This, way. <laughs> this is the the only way out. But I I, I know it sounds really stupid. I might have been ten or eleven at the time, but I didn't realize the case could fly. <laughs> <laughs> I thought they were <laughs> what the fuck. <laughs> I thought they were like. I thought they were like chickens that like sort of flew but didn't if you know what I mean I'd never seen a goose in full flight because like their wingspan you see whoop, whoop, whoop of their wings I was like holy shit that's a big bird to be flying that was a big day for you <laughs> discovered they geese can fly. fly they fly what the fuck well based off that apparently they can't yeah. Um, but yeah that one chose to end <laughs> he's like fuck it go out to tennis courts I've got out of tennis a blaze of glory <laughs> it was impressive it hit that made that fence was there might still be a dent 
it was bad. And that, like, you know, when you hear go through it like piano bar. I was gonna say when you hear like a body hit the floor, but that sounds great. Well, I hear like, that but, all the time. No, yeah. but you know, like in rugby or or oh, even that in MMA, that, like, yeah. it was like that, like this woof. And I was like, oh, that animal is in deep shit. And then my friend was like, what do we do? And I was like, take oh, it home and cook it. Yeah, I don't think we can do anything. I love a bit of goose. I don't think I've ever eaten goose. I've eaten I'd, goose fat. I had goose for Christmas dinner once, and it was. What did it taste like? Like turkey? A bit, yeah. A bit gamier, maybe. What's the weirdest meat you've ever eaten? No, like, <laughs> no pun intended. Ever eaten? Sorry. Mm. No, like nothing. I've had a horse. Yeah. Was it's it in France by any chance? Holland. Um. So it was like I was going to say like frogs and stuff, but everyone sort of goes to France and goes, "No, oh, I should try a frog." Yeah, they're not that well. They're they're fine. I didn't like them. Snails. Yeah, snails were pretty rancid. Stinging. They 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 came out in like heaps of garlicky yeah. butter and just yeah, it was just like slimy. Ugh. We got a <coughs> we got paella in Valencia, which is where it's from. Um, I didn't know that until we went. Um, but it originated in yeah, Val- in Valencia. Valencia. Yeah. Um, so we went there and. Uh, also a great retro game store in Valencia. Uh, one of the best in Europe, apparently. It was awesome. But uh, there were snails in it. Oh, no. Yeah, no, it's no, like, no, now, no. only a couple. But Is that like... I don't know if that's like proper traditional. So the place no. we went that was recommended, they did one different paella a day. So it wasn't like, you know, uh, you go and get like been. three or four different types. So it might have been a less traditional or super traditional. You know what I don't, I don't really like? Know. It's not that I don't like the flavor of it. Chicken and chorizo, paella. Get the fuck out of here! But it needs to be sea. It needs to be seafood. Seafood is better. It's that's what it is, though. I know. I get. I get that traditionally that is the. If you want to add chicken and chorizo in with it, I'm all game for that. I love how camp you sound when you say chorizo. 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 From Valencia. Um. Um. But yeah, it can't be on its own. It's got to have seafood. Got to have mussels, squid. You know, all that good stuff. Yeah, I can understand that. Um, so at the underscore MMA underscore game on Twitter, I said, got to get your opinions about the stoppage. And I have wrongfully forgotten to shout him out earlier on. So opinions on the stoppage, presumably the Kutulaba stoppage. Uh, a little bit early, but I don't have a problem with it because karma. Yeah, I think I'm the exact same. And also just the fact that I... <laughs> I don't think there was much of a case for him coming back and winning. I think the I'm, I'm gonna, was I think I think it was I think it was early. Um but if you're pretending to be hurt and a ref stops it based off you pretending to be hurt, you kind of get what you ask for. So at AP Brox asks, so yesterday she tweeted saying that the caffeine didn't work anymore. Um and I said a double dose. So uh, apparently that still didn't help. So Jeez. power nap with caffeine. There's actually science behind that. Twenty minute nap with caffeine before it, and it like makes it the equivalent of like say two hours nap or something. You know, there's like there is like a thing with that, and it's to do with a chemical that your body is able to break down more efficiently when you have caffeine in your system, um, which helps with recovery. So oh, okay. Curious to see how that went. Um, But she said, okay, my question is, do you think the headbutt impacted the outcome of the main event? I'm sure you'll already be discussing that, though. No. Maybe. But I'm going to preface that by saying it wasn't a headbutt. It was just a clash of heads. Yes. I said earlier, Benavidez was lunging forward like big big wild hooks, and he just led with a head, and I think Figueredo stepped in. I don't think it was 
in any way intentional from either side. It was just a clash of heads. No, did it affect the outcome of the fight? Might have done. Might have rocked him. Certainly cut him. Yeah. Um, but well, I think no, purely because it was a clash of heads. Both of them. Oh no, but like, you know what I, mean? I mean, I mean, but it's never this. You know, exactly the same. I mean, you could bump heads now, and it'd be worse for one, one of us. us. Just falls over. <laughs> yeah, one of us would be like, oh, have okay. a seizure. <laughs> the other one's like, yeah, sweet. Yeah. Um, I mean, obviously, technically, it could have, but I don't believe that the fight was going to end differently. No, I think Figueredo had figured out the range and it was a matter of time. Yes, or as uh, Luke Thomas said, figured him out on the half beat. This punch looked like it took place on the half beat. So, yeah, I mean, I think that the headbutt, as you said, wasn't as much of a headbutt as a clash of heads. Uh, I think clash of heads could be one of those things that you could see a ref maybe giving both fighters five if they want it, if they see it. I don't know, shit happens. Yeah. yeah, it does, but it's also like technically headbutts are illegal, and I know then, it wasn't no, but a then, headbutt. But then but they'll get into like the the real pedantics of like well, he stepped in, so you know he should be reprimanded for. I it. I think accidental clash of heads mm. could potentially be you know here you can have a minute. I, I, I can understand you the know, logic. I also think crowds will be going buck daft. It doesn't happen that often. No, but I'm just saying if it did, you know the way the crowds pressure them after low blows or eye pokes or anything. Like, plus, do they? Though? They would have to. They would have to because it would be both fighters. They'd have to enforce the full five. You couldn't be like, imagine like so. Imagine me and you no, fighting. Be we bumped heads, and it, you, he couldn't be like, "You ready to go?" And you going, "Yeah." And then me going, "Yeah." No, but no, but you could because you'd just be like, until both of you say you're okay, mm. we run the clock. I don't know. I think it's. I think it's just a risk of of combat that the. You mean you're. Gonna, oh, no, it absolutely is, and that's why I don't bump. think it should be penalised. No, I'm not. Yeah, but I'm not even saying I don't think it should be. Anything stopped, yeah. Well, thank you for the question. Hopefully, you've enjoyed the show, and uh, and you know, feel free to send us a uh, a tweet next week if you have any other questions. So, next question comes from at Mario liked a game. Um, so hello again, Mario. Uh, thanks for tweeting us. He said, "Is Joanna outclassed? I love the boogie woman, but boy, oh boy, am I nervous? Feel she might get knocked out. She might get might knocked, get out, knocked out, out, but, but I, I don't think she's outclassed. No, no I favour Joanna in this." I think this is a tough one to pick, but I think based on the body of work, Joanna's depends. I this is what I'm going back and forth on. I see lots of people are picking Zhang to absolutely maul her. Nobody really mauls. Well, Joanna. the only one which sort of gives any credence Rose. to that is the is the first Rose fight, but I don't know. I don't know. I don't think she <laughs> sounds bad. I don't think the game has advanced enough that she could be outclassed by anybody. Yes, she can be beaten, but I mean, I don't know. Could change this weekend, but you know, I have a I have a feeling that she's going to strike on the outside to a decision win. That well, that is literally my prediction would be a Yuana decision, but there is a risk. I think that if she does get beaten, it will be by knockout. It's a very odd position if she gets, if Joanna loses again. I don't think Joanna should have had the title shot in the first place. Mm-hmm. You'll have a hard time convincing me otherwise, but go ahead and try. I can't think. Who'd she beat? Watterson? Yeah. Not, not it. Well, that's it's this one's clearly like a. Uh, <clears throat> I don't even know. Well, who else is there at that division? Rose. And Andrade, and she just beat Andrade. Rose has been out for so long. 
who's below that? Who is there? Well, she lost to Rose twice, beat Tisha Torres, mm-hmm. lost to Valenchenko, and then beat Watterson. Yeah. Oh no, no, I'm, I'm not even saying her. I'm just saying like who uh, women's strawweight is. Who's there? Because Andrade and Rose are booked. Suarez. She's injured. I know. But she seems to have been injured a while. Quite a while. She must be due back soon, hopefully. But so I kind of get that, like, well, with everyone else sort of tied up. She's just the UFC's darling. That's she all it she is. is, and it's a bit of a legacy opportunity. As a, you know, like it's not, it's not that it's necessarily been earned this time around, but as an entire body of work, we'll throw you back in there. She is the best women's strawweight fighter ever. On paper, yeah. On you know, yeah, um, best resume. So, plus. If she wins it again, two-time champion, you've got all those rematches there. And if Wei Zhang beats her, well, then that's a massive feather in the promotional push for her. Yes, that is true. Um, so, but she could get knocked dead, like what Wei Zhang did to Andrade. She could do to Joanna, but one hundred percent, Joanna is more savvy than that. And I don't. I think yes. a lot of her loss to Rose the first time was maybe underestimating her her own hype you know and then well we saw what happened the second time around very close fight yeah but well well it wasn't it wasn't i think it was a it was a close fight i still think rose won but i mean it wasn't the same as getting sparked in the first no that is true that is true so uh, our next question uh comes from james reese uh, which is at james r-e-e-s 83 on twitter so thanks for the question james said will romero make weight and if so do you guys think he can do the job Yes, and also possibly yes. I f- oh, do I feel that I keep, I'm going back and forth on this, this one this, a lot. Yeah. First of all, I tweeted back and said to James, the weight thing is something that not enough people are talking about because when people talked about this fight and how, oh, do you know, Romero shouldn't have got the shot, and I do agree with that, it's more so because of him missing weight. Because the argument you hear is, oh, but his last couple of fights could have been wins. Yes, but they weren't. But even if we let that slide... Mm. It's his two weight misses in four fights. Yeah. Will he make weight? I'm going... Well, he has to. He has to. I'm going to say yes, because he made it last time. I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt. If not, there might be some of that oil hands on the towel going oh, on. Oh, yeah. Um, I hope he does make weight, obviously. Um, oh, could you imagine if he didn't? Could you well, imagine if he didn't and won? Well, they've done this a few times. They've had that risk with Romero and that he could have beat Whitaker and there would have been a vacant title. I'm sure he did it with Rockhold. That was the only reason he hasn't had a belt is because he missed weight that time. Um, so, yeah, I really hope he does. I think he will. Can he get the job done against Izzy? I'm the same as you. This fight is great. Um, but I keep going back and forth with it. I have a... I have a I have a feeling he will. That's what I think. And this is last chance saloon. Oh, a hundred percent. And I think, to be honest, I think I would like to see him go out if he wins. Oh no, fuck that! If he wins, give me rematch with Costa five rounds. Ooh, yes, please. That would be and fun. Just make sure Jeff Nowitzki's out of whatever country they're in. Yeah, just let just be like yeah. the two of them. Just be quite worried with each other. Yeah, like just take you whatever sad, you want. You said it's not going to be at this event. Don't worry about it. Yes, whatever you want. Um, um, I think that I mean, Adesanya surprised me on a couple of occasions. 
Because we watched him from there's argument, Vittorio. There's on. arguments both ways. Now, I picked, in hind- well, not in hindsight, at the time, I thought Whitaker was going to beat him. thought he was too, so too well-rounded. And Adesanya blew him away. Um, I, I think I picked Adesanya to beat Gastelum. I did But the I opposite, I thought, Ga- I thought Izzy was going to wipe him out early. And then we knew how that went. And then yep. it went all the way. I just, One of the best fights ever. It really was. But it showed that Izzy can be hurt. And, and if Gastelum's doing it. Not that, I no, mean, don't get me wrong, he can crack. He can crack but, but Gastelum and Romero are different, different beasts. beasts. The thing with Romero is, he, but you know, good luck see, staying at distance. Yeah, you know, could you see Romero getting at, like picked apart by Adesanya? Because you can see that as well. I can, but good luck finishing him. That's true. You need and, a sledgehammer to knock him out. And not only that, if Adesanya, the theory for that is that Adesanya will stay at the distance, He'll have to use keep. his reach, right? Yeah, but good Romero luck closes until that. Romero just jumps halfway across the cage with a flying knee, you know. Or, yeah, just pounces in for a takedown or something. Or mental. ankle picks him. Or, yeah. And the thing is, like... Adesanya was on the countdown. They had, oh, I can't remember the name of the guy. Some American wrestler over doing their coaching, and it was like you know, like we're dealing with this, we're getting round it. And I was like in my head going, he was like, oh yeah, people think I'm just a striker. I was like, oh jeez, uh oh, yeah, against someone like Romero, you are, you are, um, you're never closing that gap. No, I, like you're not tapping him. Like the is he either decisions him by keeping him on the feet, and it's a like a war of attrition. Or he annihilates him, and we see Romero knocked out for the first time. I love this fight. It's a great fight. We will get into it in more detail. Initial response to your question, though. Um, yes and James yes. Is yes and yes. So thank you very much for getting in touch. Last question of today's show before we get on to a quick preview of this week's card, and then that'll wrap us up, um, is our friend of the show at Ewan Lavender. So, or sorry, not at Ewan Lavender. Ewan Lavender, and that's at Lavender MMA. Uh, does the flatness of Corey Anderson's feet offend you? Hugely. I didn't even know he had flat feet. Well, now that you, I can see, I can see you getting angry. I'm gonna have a look now. Yeah, show me, show me these feet. This is gonna be weird if my missus looks at my search history. Corey Anderson's feet. Mm. Does he literally just mean because he's flat-footed with the striking, or <laughs> does he weird. have weirdly flat weirdly feet? Weirdly flat feet. This is the second time he's asked us a question that we're going to, like, I need more. Yeah. I need more, more. man. Yes. I can't, it, there isn't even a single picture of his bloody feet. Oh, man. I'll, I'd, I'd love to be able to answer this question for you, but I'm afraid I simply can't. Is, is there a video, like a highlight of him there? Corey Anderson. Let's see. Highlights. Corey Anderson highlights. Because we will see the feet. Uh, in the meantime, uh, take this chance to just uh, obviously say if you enjoy the show, please make sure to leave a review on iTunes. It really helps us out. Uh, or wherever you listen to podcasts, because I know we've had a few people respond going, I don't use Apple. That's Spotify. That's fair enough. Just wherever you listen to it. I'm sure there's a review section somewhere. Oh, it does have flat feet. Uh, turn it around a wee bit, let's see. He does have really flat feet. Oh, Wow. I'm sure he has, like... He looks like he's wearing flip-flops. He must have some sort of, like, physio- physical condition from that. 
yes, they horrify me. Would be the answer. <laughs> they that are, is horrifying. They're like, like, like this. Yeah, it just doesn't look right at all. Uh, also, so yes, we confirmed with my Mrs. Mel. Uh, about this last week, uh, you tweeted us asking us about a container for snackajacks, which are like which rice has cakes. led to further debate amongst us. Yeah, so we understand, right? So there's there's more questions to this. So we said last week that like you could just put it in like Tupperware, mm-hmm. and then his point so was my that Tupperware understanding was that he wasn't talking about taking it out and about with him. To which my answer would be, stick him in a bread bin. Yeah, yeah. Or just, is that not what the little tag on the top of the packets were? Yeah, just, it's just not the same, though. It depends, yeah, how long, that. depends how long you're keeping them. If it's for, because my, my argument was, if it was for out and about, like, do you remember years ago you used to get the little Pringles, the plastic Pringles, they, they allow you to put, like, 15 Pringles in a little plastic tub? Yeah. Do you remember those? Yeah, yeah. If it was something like that for, like, your meal prep lunchbox or whatever, I can kind of almost see it. Something just to hold two snack jacks in it. You know? Like, some of the size of a burger patty. Counter-argument. <clears throat> that's bad for the environment, bro. Well, and buying your manufactured plastic boxes, isn't That's definitely less impactful than just constantly binning tinfoil every day. I'm binning it and reusing it. No, you're not. Yeah. <laughs> no, you're fucking not. You're, you're, you're binning it. I'm not binning it. Yeah. <laughs> this is, is this the hell you want to die on, bro? Yeah. Um, not so I well okay we can make them out of biodegradable bamboo then if that's how you're gonna go um, fine I'm getting bored with that right okay cool uh, skips out the world but my missus is still full of, full of bamboo Mrs Mel's still convinced she's still convinced that Tupperware is the the answer to it's this it's the shape does she not get this I think she does get it but I think her point is so what if the Tupperware container is is square because it would have to be a gigantic square defeats the purpose but they have but a regular but they, no because we still don't know the answer to this is it to take a handful out for lunch or is it to just have them in the house because well, here's the, in the thing. house why don't you just stay in the little bag they come in yeah well that's that's also a valid point I'm thinking only in the bread bin if you're keeping them long term but let's be honest how many you're not sna- gonna keep snacks that's what I'm saying how many snacks they're so damn delicious there's what 10 of them 12 max yeah. if even you know, that's, yeah, that, that's a day's worth that's, of snacks yeah, it's, like, it's like two days three days yeah so, so if you're ta- yeah but if you're taking them out then I'm just I'm not on board with this Tupperware shit because you're gonna have to break break them up and it's not the same so his next question for this week is and, and feel free to tweet his food questions because apparently this is what we do um, uh, obviously what is the most underrated biscuit of all time mm. uh, biscuit by the way for the small handful of Americans that live in I believe the southern states in America a biscuit is not a scone or like a bread type thing oh yeah because they have gravy and biscuits don't they Yes, they do. Yeah, but you wouldn't have gravy with the kind of biscuits we're about to talk about. Hell no. No. Underrated biscuit. The most underrated is the Luli Bourbon because everyone, they're the last that people eat. That's true. But they are actually pretty damn tasty. But like, I, I always think biscuit. I hate them. Yeah, I never think I and hate them. And then I ate them. I always liked them as a kid. And then, like, I sort of, like, as you grow up, I sort of was exposed to this bourbon hit. Yeah, like, yeah. Why? People why? hate them. Yeah. Like, like really hate yeah, them. Yeah. Like, why? But it's they're the, just a chocolate biscuit. Yeah. But if you had one, they're pretty good. Yeah. Not going out of my way to buy one, but if someone has a wee platter of biscuits with a wee cup of tea, I'm going. Do you know what? I haven't had a bourbon in a while. I'm gonna have one of them. Yeah, I'm just looking up. Malted milks are pretty underrated. Mm, yeah. 
I think, and I said this to you earlier, I'm going to throw Twix in there. But that Twix is not underrated. It is in a biscuit format because people think it's a chocolate bar, but it's a biscuit. It's, well, it depends. Cause it's right a chocolatey Twix biscuit. Is it, no, because right, right Twix is biscuit layered with chocolate <laughs> and caramel and left <laughs> is chocolate and caramel with an under <laughs> underside of biscuit or whatever. So apparently, according to a website you don't give a care, give a shit about, the top five underrated biscuits. Well, these aren't underrated, but these so are just top five. these are just. I'll the top give you five. an idea of what people yeah. are talking about. Okay. So, oh, hold on. Yep, coming in at five, original digestive biscuits. Great. Mm-hmm. Four. Oh, I'm gonna have to argue with this one. Jaffa cakes. That's not a biscuit. That's, that's not a, a biscuit. fucking cake. It's there's a cake. literally it's a, court, there's a court case over this. Do you know how you know the difference between a cake and a biscuit? Cakes go hard when you leave them out, and biscuits go soft. Right. That's how you know the difference between a cake and a biscuit. Well, this is throwing the entire credibility of this. Get that yeah. out. There was a court case about this Jaffa cake because cakes and biscuits are subject to different tax. Yeah, this is bullshit. This list because I've just noticed that like. They're brand specific as well. So in at three is Cadbury milk chocolate digestives, and two is Cad- no, get the fuck out of here. McFitty's chocolate digestives way better yeah, than but Cadbury's they're, digestives. They're one. They're the top biscuit. And, but that that doesn't include hobnobs. The hobnob is up there, but it's not underrated. Well, do you know what's underrated? An original hobnob, yes, not the chocolate. chocolate. One. Yeah, hundred um, percent. Fox's creams are underrated because no one is buys it Kit them. Is a Kit Kat a biscuit? No, it's sort of wafery. Uh, no. Well, then by that logic, a Twix isn't. Well, no, a Twix is an actual biscuit base. Like, a Kit Kat's wafer. True, true. But a caramel wafer is also a wafer, but it's a biscuit. This website's bullshit. I'm just looking at this. I, like, the, the, ranked the, the most popular savoury biscuits. Like, mine mine got crackers and stuff in there. Crackers with and a doubt, cracker. Without a doubt for me, the most underrated is a bourbon. Not my favourite. Not even close. Gets constant hate, and every time I have one, they're tasty. I gotta say, the bourbon for me is the most underrated. What about pink and white. Pink is and it? white's a wafer, bro. Yeah, see, that's a wafer as well. Oh, uh, triple. Okay. Oh yes, the triple. The could triple. Be, the triple could be up there. The fox's triple. Yeah, fox's biscuit, chocolate biscuit. Yeah, I mean oh, yeah. that could be up Especially there. Especially if you're dunking that in tea, because then the chocolate in the middle melts. But the have biscuit on the outside and both sides has enough integrity, know, integrity to, to keep, keep it in, together. Uh, have you ever used a penguin as a straw? Yes, uh-huh. the if people are listening think that's an animal thing, it's not. A nice biscuit, nice biscuits are nice. Um, the if you bite the two oh. opposite corners of a penguin, shortbread, but that's, shortbread, that's but that's like it's, it's not too a, generic and it's not a fucking biscuit. It's, not it's a biscuit. bread, <laughs> rich tea, ginger nut is an underrated biscuit. I don't think it is. No, I think it's we have got ginger nuts in the cupboard right now, bro. Ginger nuts are a universally accepted form of delicious biscuit. I think it's the bourbon, man. I'm convinced it's the bourbon. There she is, in all her glory. Absolutely. Um, the chocolate bourbon. Any swirl. There, but they're not overrated. Everyone knows they're titties. In fact, no one has those in their house because they're so fucking expensive. Oh, chocolate Chocolibnies are good, but again, everyone knows they're the titties. Viennese sandwich. Viennese sandwich is up there, but that's just a, that's just a, triple. Just a fancy triple, yeah. I'm going to stick with triple. I think triple. It's Yeah, for me, you I'm going to go bar it's not, one. It's, it's underrated. Because not everyone buys not them. Not everyone anymore. buys them, but they're still popular enough that, like, See, that's how I feel about bourbons. I'm, I'm like, let us know what you think. What is in your area, wherever you are? What is your underrated biscuit? Is it just a very British thing, biscuit? Like biscuits? Possibly. I think Australians have them too. 
Impossible. No, they must have like. It's like biscuits in mainland n- Europe is not a thing. N- no, but they have a in America like they've got like cinnamon graham crackers and you know like they have stuff that's like biscuits and cookies. You know, like cookies are biscuits. I suppose. Yeah, cookies are biscuits. So yeah, I mean, wherever you are, let us know what your favorite. You know what I really? Table. Yeah, I really enjoy a subway cookie. <clears throat> I don't know why. Like I know they're shit. Nostalgia. That's just. Nostalgia. It is. Yeah, like I know they're crap. Do you want three M&M cookies for a pint? Yes. I go on. Oh, man. I wish I wasn't diabetic, because I'd love to just, like, eat, like, ten. I'll do or it just an you. entire packet of cookies. All of them. Anyway, thank you very much for all the questions this week. So we're now going to get on quickly to UFC 248, which we're very excited about. We're not going to cover every fight. First fight worth talking about is probably going to be Sean O'Malley and Queen Inez. We saw Queen Inez fight in London, didn't we? I have no idea. I th- did he not fight Nathaniel Wood? He did. Uh, yes, he, he did. Tapped, or tapped him. Rear he did. Choke, didn't I it? have a feeling that Queen Inez is going to beat O'Malley. I don't know. It's, it's a super close fight. O'Malley's been out that long. It's really hard to tell how he has progressed. And even in his last fight with Sukumtaf, well, he had that injury, so it's hard to tell. He survived that, and Andre Sukumtaf lost that. Yeah, so you learn nothing. Yeah, not a whole lot. I flipping love this card, by the way. It's a great card. Like, Rodolfo Vieira and Safarov. Like, Vieira. Come on, man. Do One of the best BJJ practitioners ever. Mark Madsen, Olympic wrestler. Mm-hmm. Sean O'Malley, Quinones. That's just the prelims. So, uh, Ishihara um, was beaten by Quinones and... I know you can't tell a great yeah. deal, but like with O'Malley, where he is at this stage in his career, you know, Tyrion Ware and Sukumtath, you know, not a great deal to go off. I believe that O'Malley is good enough, but I just have a feeling that Queen Inez has this one. I don't know. I really don't know with this one because, like I said, it's just... I don't have enough to work off. That's fair. Um, but I would think the UFC probably knew they have something with O'Malley so it's it's not really a favourable matchup but it's winnable so I think O'Malley will win and I think he will tap him he possibly I think Queen Inez wins by decision but anywho next fight up Alex Oliveira against Max Griffin you see Oliveira massive favourite for this really? Mm-hmm. yep hugely favoured um, 78% of people in topology picking Oliveira. He's on a bad run. He is on a bad run. In fact, he's almost getting cut level of bad run. He's just so ridiculous a character. Blown up yeah. by a grenade or whatever. Yeah, like 17 kids to six women who all live in the same cul-de-sac. And Should he not kidnap one of them recently in a motorbike yeah. or something? Like, dude's a wild man. Like, he's... I know he's cowboy as well, but he is he's cowboy. A, actually, <laughs> he's like a street cowboy. Street cowboy. Um, he coming off bad run. He had that close fight. In fact, fun fact about his fight against Nicholas Dolby. I'll tell you exactly where I was whenever I listened to that fight. Not even watched it. I was driving down the Swiss Alps on my way into Italy, and it was the night that that was the first night we landed in Italy in the camper van. And we had the best pizza I've ever had in my life. So I will forever remember the Nicholas Dalby and Charles Levere fight that Dan Hardy called. Because I remember yeah. listening to it as we drove 
down Lake Como. It was tremendous. Um, I'm going to go Oliveira just because he's a madman. Griffin is physically... Griffin is stable and a reliable fighter, but unextraordinary. Um, I think that's accurate. And I just think Cowboy will do something daft. Not this is, I, yeah, I like this fight. This is an appropriate level for both. Yeah. It's good matchmaking. Good match I think I, I would give Olivia the edge, but not massively. I can see it going either way, but because we don't do wishy-washy, I'll pick Alex Oliveira by knockout. Fair enough. I'll join you on that one. Neil Magny and uh, Jing Liang Li. Leech. Great fight. It is. Great uh, fight. Magny's been out a long time, and he's about to get knocked out. Yes. Yes, he is. Early. Yeah. With a kick. With a kick? Mm-hmm. Oh, nah. Punches. Punches. I think it's a kick. I don't know why. Just a gut thing. Great fight. Makes sense. You know, technically ranking-wise, even though they're not ranked, they're and around 18th, the 19th, yeah. uh, like, rank worldwide, apparently. So, makes total sense. Uh, grappling matchup next, uh, which means high-level kickboxing. Mm-hmm. Uh, Benel Darius and Drakkar Close. This is a great fight. I have a... I don't think Drakkar Close is anywhere near as good on the ground as you think he is. I have a feeling he's going to win this fight. I think Darius is tapping him. That is likely. Yeah. I think close is Darius to me recently just seems that performance against. He just seems to have turned a corner. Frank Camacho. Yeah, that he's just like you know what this is my strength and I'm sticking to it. That's what he should do. The Jim Miller approach. Yeah. Or what Jim Miller should be doing. He's only thirty. I know. He seems like he's been around forever, doesn't he? I think he has been around for for a good while. Just gonna look at his record here. So. It's a good run he's on. Yeah, it is. I mean, he's like Drew Dober, is Diego Moises, Drew Dober, and Drew Dober's Camacho. been looking fairly, fairly good recently. Um, yeah, I think he just he beats people at this level. He should. He loses to. Well, I suppose the Alex Hernandez is the is the one, but he's an, he's explosive and young. Drakkar close. He sounds like that after shave as well. What do you call? Drakkar Noir. Uh, I have no idea what. Yeah. What they were. I think it was an aftershave. Um. So. Um. Well, he's in a good one as well. I just think Darius is better, and if he sticks to the, you know, literally sticking to you like a clumpet, and then drop it, a clumpet, <laughs> dragging him to the ground, he he should be more than enough there, but. He's look. He looks quite good on the feet, Darius, but he's still vulnerable. He's chinny. Yeah, I don't know if he is or it's just big hitters have got him because he lost to what Barboza and Dober or not Dober, um, Hernandez. Yeah, but like, but Hernandez isn't that mm, big a hitter, is he? Don't know. Me. I'm, good, I'm know. still st- I'm sticking with Darius. I think he's, I, he's well rounded enough to to handle him on the feet. I agree. I agree with you. I just have, I just have a feeling that Jakar Close is going to eke out some sort of weird win. I don't, I, it's probably going to be a decision. I mean, you know, he beat Lando Venata and Bobby Green. You know, he's, he's got a couple of good wins. Yeah, those guys, that sounds I know, I know. They're I know, weird. I know, you know, I know. Like, 
I There's just, no rhyme or reason. Darius, if he comes out the way he did in his last fight, will win. But the, the problem with Darius is, I suppose, consistency. Because for a while, he thought he was a kickboxer. For a while, he thought well, he was a grappler. Mean, but his last three, he's been putting it together, just yeah. sticking to the ground. And if he does that, I, I would favour him to win. Yeah. Uh, Wee Li Zhang and Joanna Yon Jacek. Uh, sort of covered this. Yeah, we have. Uh, I, I'm going to pick Yon Jacek decision. Same, I think she can avoid the big power shots, which I think Zhang has m- the advantage in pure, like, one-punch knockout power. Yep. But Joanna's that good a striker, and she's that seasoned, and she's fought that many times at this level. She should be able to avoid that. Like I said, I think when she did get caught before, it was more she thought she was just going to run through Rose and underestimated her. I don't think, she, well, I, I hope for her sake she hasn't done that this time. But, uh, yeah, I think she'll be able to keep it on the outside for for five rounds. That would be what I believe. Um, the main event. Uh, <laughs> oh, you're Romero facing Israel Adesanya for the UFC middleweight belt. So Here it is. Romero, KO, round Third one. round. Third for me. I think it's happening quick. I don't. I don't think Romero gets going. I think there's a lot of feeling out and maybe Romero... Th- jumps around does some mad shit but it's sort of explosive and not consistent and then I think by the third he'll clip him with something big I think it's the opposite I think there's about five different ways I could see this fight going in my oh, head 100% and I can like this is the thing I'm saying that with zero confidence whatsoever yeah. like this is a fight I unless there is some outrageous odds I would not be batting on with a barge pull third round this is my exact I'm gonna I'm going to go super specific. Yeah. Third round, Romero lunges with a fake knee tap to an overhand right. Izzy falls, but is still with it. Conscious. To which Romero follows in with elbows on the ground like he did with Machida. Or Bronson. He did that with Bronson. And if that happens anyway close... I will let you all know for the rest of the time. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny, isn't it? You'd be like, I will remind you all of the times I was right. Yeah. Not of the times I of, completely But of the times I was wrong. completely wrong. No. Um, I think I think it's the opposite, where I think that Romero will know he cannot give Adesanya three or four rounds to get his distance Romero management never, down. never beats anyone the first. Always. I know. But, I mean, at this stage in his career, I think that he has to for lack of a better term, try something different. You don't. He's not going to beat Adesanya doing what he's just done to everyone else. I don't think so. I just don't think so. Don't know. I do not know. Uh, he's too wild. Will Adesanya or can Adesanya knock him out? Yes. Yes, yeah. yes he can. And that's why I think he has to just, I think if I'm Romero, I'm just going, fuck it. I'm going bucked off for a round. Mm. He I, don't, can't, I, he, I don't even think he needs to go bucked off because his patterns and movement is that unpredictable when he's trying to like be fight sensible. Mm. You know, <clears throat> oh, this fight is so good. I know it's a fight which probably shouldn't even be happening, but I don't care. It's so, so good. It is. It really is. Um, 
we will be staying up to watch it oh, so feel yeah. free to tweet along uh, I think that pretty much wraps us up this week so um, if you've enjoyed the show the biggest thing you can do to help us out is just share it with your mates tag your friends on Facebook tag your friends on Instagram on Twitter and all MySpace. that jazz MySpace Bebo whatever the hell you're rocking these days Grinder, Tinder whatever your bag is um, thanks a lot for joining us thanks for all the questions you can find us on facebook.com forward slash superadmma you can find us on twitter at superadmma show on instagram uh, at palooka underscore media and on youtube at palooka media and um, we will be bringing you more videos over the next week as well uh, so please 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 go and subscribe because it means a lot to us um, we've been watching the, the numbers sort of steadily grow over the last while which means a lot to us we have a great time doing this and you know ultimately what we want to become is you know, a podcast for fans with the fans where you know we want you to be able to have your say too so you know feel free to disagree with us and engage with us on twitter or facebook and let us know what your thoughts are and if there's anything interesting you'll certainly you know breathe it out on air next week and counter it you know we sort of just want everyone to get involved in the uh, the conversation because that's ultimately what we're here for so uh, have you anything else to add no just enjoy this weekend because it's gonna be good it is one of those rare rare fight weekends where it's just guaranteed chaos Hell yeah. there's no way that card's gonna be boring no not a chance Oh, uh, just one more thing just before we go. Did you see that some of the UFC Norfolk judges were scoring the rounds before the rounds had even finished? Yeah, I saw they give like a 10-8 to the, uh, the guy who lost by submission. Ridiculous. Uh, God, yeah. They could need to do something about this. Well, that's for another day. Well, they should probably go and check out our video on the judging system yeah. on YouTube. And if you want to support us financially, uh, which really helps as we use it to... We take pesos. We take pesos, uh, upgrade our microphones and audio quality and just general running of the show as it is a time consuming thing gotta pay for that caviar somehow exactly yeah champagne. I mean, every single podcast a flute of champagne and a bowl of caviar each <laughs> it, it ain't cheap um, but you can support us at patreon.com forward slash super rad MMA yep yeah yeah and there's, there's, there's bonus content for peeps there too yeah, and we're gonna have to. We're gonna start posting more on there as that continues to grow. It's very new. Yep. So hopefully that sort of takes off the ground and put more personalized content on there for you. Yes, absolutely. Until next week, peace. <laughs>